The antidote to perfectionism and the prescription for optimalism is the acceptance of reality, of what is, be it failures, emotions, or success. When we do not accept failure, we avoid challenge and effort and deprive ourselves of the opportunity to learn and develop. Welcome to Philosopher Insights, the podcast that delivers wisdom in minutes a day that you can put into practice daily and strive to master over a lifetime. The podcast committed to sharing ideas that encourage you to bridge the gap between who you are today and the person you aspire to be in the future. Hi, my name is Herb Lamba and welcome to my podcast where I will share practical insights from the world's best authors. Knowledge isn't power, applied knowledge is. The quest to become the best version of you starts right now. Hi, and welcome to Philosopher Insights. My name is Herb Lamba. Today we're discussing the pursuit of perfect. How to stop chasing perfection and start living a richer, happier life. The author of this book is one of my favorite authors, Tal Ben-Shahar, and this book is published back in 2009. I wanted to share a number of my favorite insights, starting with perfectionist versus optimalist, expectations, good enough, optimal journey, optimal education, learn from failure, Overcome Perfectionism, The PRP Principle, Platinum Rule, and Finishing Off with Focus. So let's start with the introduction. Quote, I had for some time considered myself a recovering perfectionist, but had never before understood the phenomena of perfectionism to be so pervasive. Many of the people I met and heard from, whom I recognized as fellow perfectionists, may not have described themselves or been seen by others as such. Yet to greater or lesser degrees, their assumptions, their ways of thinking and being were precisely those that define perfectionists. Moreover, they were all, in one way or another, suffering the harmful consequences of perfectionism. This book is about what perfectionism really is and about how to overcome this obstacle to a happier life, end quote. That is from the preface of this wonderful book and one of the first books where I honestly felt like the author was speaking directly to me. I saw myself in so many aspects of this book, although I know I have some perfectionist tendencies, I just didn't realize how inflicted with this disease I truly am. But I feel like I have been awakened, thanks to Tal Ben-Shahar. Insight number one, perfectionism versus optimalist. Quote, it's easy to understand how perfectionism leads to the rejection of failure and painful emotions. What is surprising, though, is how perfectionism can lead to the rejection of success. We see this in people who seem to have it all, but they are nevertheless unhappy. If the only dream we have is of a perfect life, we are doomed to disappointment since such dreams simply cannot come true in the real world. End quote. I think deep down we all know that a perfect life is unattainable, and it stands to reason that leading a perfectionist lifestyle results in a life without happiness or joy. A perfectionist rejects reality, while what the author refers to an optimalist accepts it. You know you're a perfectionist if you expect the path towards your goal or dream to be smooth and free of any obstacles. The moment you encounter adversity, you become frustrated and lose motivation to continue. As a perfectionist, you reject failure. The optimalist doesn't reject failure. He or she accepts it as a natural part of the journey that is ultimately linked to future success. The optimist realizes that the adversity is simply a prerequisite for building resilience and allowing for personal growth that supports their efforts to reach their goals and dreams. Quote, Perfectionists pay an extremely high emotional price for rejecting reality. 
The rejection of failure leads to anxiety because the possibility they may fail is always there. Their rejection of painful emotions often leads to an intensification of the very emotion they're trying to suppress, ultimately leading to even more pain. Their rejection of real-world limits and constraints leads them to set unreasonable and unattainable standards for success. And because they never meet these standards, they are constantly plagued by feelings of frustration and inadequacy. Optimists, on the other hand, derive great emotional benefit and are able to lead rich and fulfilling lives by accepting reality, end quote. The optimist accepts failure as natural. They accept painful emotions as inevitable, and they accept real-world limits and constraints which allows them to experience, appreciate, and enjoy success. I think it is very important to look closely at yourself and determine whether you demonstrate perfectionist or optimist tendencies, because one can hold you back, while the other liberates you to move forward. Insight number two, expectations. Quote, Perfectionists and optimists do not necessarily differ in their aspirations, in the goals they set for themselves. Both can demonstrate the same levels of ambition, the same intense desire to achieve their goals. The difference lies in the ways each approaches the process of achieving goals. For the perfectionist, failure has no role in the journey toward the peak of the mouth. The ideal path towards her goal is the shortest, most direct path, a straight line, end quote. We have all seen the image of the path most people hope to take to their goal, a straight line versus the path of reality that it truly takes to achieve their goal, a squiggly line full of failures and obstacles along the way. The difference between a perfectionist and an optimist is that the perfectionist is engaged in wishful thinking and completely detached from reality, while the optimist is grounded in reality and understands the journey is never a straight line. So let's take a moment to shine the spotlight back on you. Is perfectionism holding you back? Insight number three, the good enough life. Quote, the basic idea behind the good enough approach is that we must come to terms with the constraints of our life as a whole and then find the optimal or near optimal allocation of time and effort. End quote. As we are all different, we need to evaluate for ourselves what is truly important in life. The good enough life is simply recognizing that you cannot do it all. In some aspects of life, what you are doing is truly good enough. It's not perfect, but it doesn't need to be. Insight number four, the optimal journey. Quote, the antidote to perfectionism and the prescription for optimalism is the acceptance of reality, of what is, be it failures, emotions, or success. When we do not accept failure, we avoid challenge and effort and deprive ourselves of the opportunity to learn and develop. When we do not accept painful emotions, we end up ruminating on them obsessively. We magnify them and deny ourselves the possibility of serenity. And when we fail to accept, embrace, and appreciate success, then nothing we do has real meaning. End quote. Amazing. There is so much wrapped up in that paragraph that summarizes the challenges of being a perfectionist and the risks associated with continuing to live in a perfectionist world. It's time to get real with yourself and recognize that great achievements come in a series of steps that include failure, struggle, and a series of ups and downs before you will make it. One suggestion to start on the optimal journey is to read the biographies of others where they share their realities about how challenging the journey to the top of the mountain really was. Then write down your goal, obstacles, and plan to attack those obstacles in a narrative format. It will allow you to appreciate that steps are required to reach great heights and the journey will appear more manageable and achievable. 
Insight number five, optimal education. Quote, after children are sent to private schools or in certain neighborhoods to the best public schools, where the focus is on achieving academic success, taking advanced level classes, making the honor roll, and entering top colleges. They are under considerable pressure to achieve academically, and in their environment, little emphasis is placed on actually enjoying the learning process, on exploring, on learning from failure. The journey is merely a means to an end, end quote. This type of pressure put on children by well-intentioned parents may actually manifest itself in perfectionist tendencies. In today's society, the trophy and rewards go to the students with the best marks. But outside of the very early grades, where is the award for trying your best or for risking and failing a few times on the way to learning something new? Quote, the education system rewards formulaic success rather than courageous failure measurable results rather than passionate exploration, end quote. I really believe culturally we need to take a serious look at our education system to better prepare children for the real world. The real world is full of failures and demands courage, but today's education system doesn't prepare children to thrive in this world. The majority of people who never explore their dreams or express their true passions were likely hindered by their formal education and well-intentioned parents. They were raised to believe that failure is bad and that failing at something is unacceptable. You see the devastating impacts that result from the pressure being placed on children to score well at school playing out all around the world. Quote, As teachers and parents, we can go a long way towards correcting the obsession in our culture with praising external success. Because so much in our world conspires to glorify measurable success, a child very early on internalizes the idea that to be valued he needs to bring home a good evaluation, and that net worth is a prerequisite of self-worth, end quote. Oh my goodness, yes, if we don't make fundamental changes in this space, we will continue to raise children that grow up and simply fall into the societal expectations of them, never daring to do what's in their heart because they don't have the courage to fail their way to success. Insight number six, learn from failure. Quote, learning from failure is easier said than done. In their work on organizational learning, Mark Cannon and Amy Edmondson show that while most organizations pay lip service to the importance of learning from mistakes, very few organizations do so in practice. This is because looking good is often a stronger motivation than being good, by owning up to and learning from one's failures, end quote. That is from the chapter title Optimal Work and the importance of being able to reframe the way we look at failure. Organizations must promote a culture where failure is not seen as weakness or shame, but rather as signs of uncertainty and improvement during the initial steps of the learning journey. I cannot talk about failure without sharing my all-time favorite quote from Michael Jordan. Quote, There was never any fear for me, no fear of failure. If I miss the shot, so what? I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I was trusted to take the winning shot and missed. I failed over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. End quote. What shots in life are you afraid to take? Every time I fear doing something I know I must do, I'm reminded of this powerful quote from Michael Jordan. I hope it inspires you to feel that fear and take the shot regardless. Insight number seven, overcome perfectionism. Quote, one of the reasons that perfectionism is difficult to overcome is because we associate it with certain positive traits. Many people in job interviews mention perfectionism when they're asked to name a personal weakness, 
They usually equate perfectionism with making sure things are done and done well and paying attention to detail, end quote. People view their perfectionism as a strength, but the reality is that it can be a major weakness in the pursuit of one's dreams. The perfectionists are, are the micromanagers of the world. They're afraid of failing or looking bad that they need to control everything. The perfectionist is the creative artist who creates in silence but never publishes their art for the world to see. Once you recognize the price you're paying by remaining a perfectionist, the solution to changing this tendency is breaking it down into subcomponents. Quote, there are a number of characteristics that are bundled with perfectionism, and to bring about change, we have to unbundle them, to understand which we want to keep and which we don't. End quote. Applying the unbundling process involves asking important questions, such as, what do I gain from being a perfectionist? What does perfectionism mean to me? What price do I pay for being a perfectionist? What price do others pay for my perfectionism? Which aspects of perfectionism do I want to keep? And finally, which aspects of perfectionism do I want to get rid of? Perfectionism doesn't have to be all or nothing. Asking questions will allow you to transition away from the parts of perfectionism in your life that you recognize require change. Insight number eight, the PRP process. Quote, the basic premise of cognitive therapy is that we react to our interpretation of events rather than directly to the events themselves, which is why the same event may elicit radically different responses from different people. An event leads to a thought, an interpretation of the event, and the thought in turn evokes an emotion. I see a baby, event, recognize her as my daughter, thought, and feel love, emotion, end quote. He goes on to say, Quote, the goal of cognitive therapy is to restore a sense of realism by getting rid of distorted thinking, end quote. The PRP process is an effective way to deal with the disturbing emotions often associated with failure, whether it is the fear of failure or the agony of making a mistake. I give myself permission to be human, reconstructing the situation and gaining a wider perspective. Giving yourself permission simply means you accept the emotion and you accept the reality of the event that brought on that emotion. Once you give yourself permission, you move to cognitive reconstruction where you change your interpretation of the event from negative to positive. And in the final step, you gain a new perspective by looking at your fears and concerns from a broader perspective. Five years from now, will this failure really matter? The author recommends practicing the PRP process as with practice, you will find it to be a very effective way to address irrational thoughts. Insight number nine, the platinum rule. Quote, as Diane Ackerman points out, no one can live up to perfection, and most of us do not often expect it of others, but we are more demanding of ourselves. Why the double standard, the generosity toward our neighbor, and the miserliness where we ourselves are concerned? And so I propose that we add a new rule, which we can call the platinum rule to our moral code. Do not do unto yourself what you would not do unto others. End quote. I love that. Having self-compassion for ourselves like we often have for other people. We need to be understanding and kind to ourselves and recognize that life's difficult experiences are an expected part of the journey. Insight number 10. Where is your focus? Quote, whether we choose to focus on the positive or negative determines what we see in others and in ourselves. A person who focuses on the negative, the fault-finding perfectionist, sees the bad as the active force in the world and the good as the passive force, the absence of the bad. 
A person with a positive view, benefit-finding optimist, perceives the good as the generative force in reality and the bad as the absence of good, end quote. A negative focus implies that good can only exist if bad is absent, that you can live life without any bumps or bruises along the way. This is a standard that nobody can measure up to. However, a positive focus implies that the world is made up of people looking to do good and filled with the courage to take action. If people take action, they will inevitably make mistakes. But that is the risk positive focus people are willing to take. A perfectionist focused on the negative is so afraid to make a mistake or look bad in front of others that they even fail to act. An optimist understands that to take action brings with it errors and that the avoidance of mistakes will never lead to a good life. That concludes the insights I wanted to share from this brilliant book. This book will help you discover what you really want out of life and realize that you don't need to lead a perfect life to get there. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights. My name's Herb Lambert. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Lambert. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To go deeper with me, you can register for free at www.philosopherinsights.com for instant access to a growing library of Philosopher Insights, which are 8 to 10 page PDFs, plus 20 minute MP3s that break down my favorite insights from the world's best personal development books. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Facebook at Optimal Herb. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.